0: here you go hedge fund good morning it is monday june 12 2023 the word of the day is hedge fund it doesn't matter if you know what a hedge fund is but if you do you can explain it to others who don't but the purpose of this story is to talk about the New York Mets and their very, very wealthy, amazing businessman, Steve Cohn, who's come into the ownership ranks several years ago and turned baseball on its ass, putting so much money into payroll, signing players, wanting to get Correa, who was gonna put him over the top, didn't get Correa, go back to previous episodes. Season starts and the Mets have been an abomination the most disappointing team in major league baseball when there are many candidates as we get into the middle of june they are fighting with the cardinals they're fighting with the padres for most disappointing team but the mets are taking the cake so the mets have engaged in a concerted pr effort and i want to bring you back just a few days ago sometime last week when their general manager billy epler gave the dreaded vote of confidence to manager Buck Showalter and the coaching staff. This was part of a three-point plan that began with the GM telling all the fans and the media, everyone keep calm, we're good, we feel good, things aren't going our way right now, but there's plenty of time. I've got all the confidence in the world in Buck Showalter. My view of votes of confidence is they generally come before a firing. Votes of confidence are irrelevant. It's not actually how the GM feels. The GM doesn't go into the manager's office and ever say, hey, I spoke to the owner, things are looking good. You're gonna be here next week's road trip. Never happens. It's merely meant to assuage fans and media who are getting impatient with the status of your team, step one. Didn't work. Mets not winning. Mets fans not happy. Two days later, Stephen Cohn agrees to do an interview with the New York Post. And in this interview, we learned a lot about Steve Cohn, and none of it was good. Ted Lerner, who I've talked to you about, may he rest in peace, like a grandfather to me, bought the Washington Nationals for Major League Baseball and tried to run his team the way he ran his business. And it became very tough. When you have to account for paper clips and baseballs, I understand from a business standpoint, controlling your costs, et cetera, but that's not what Ted Lerner was doing. He was new to baseball and he was trying to run his team the way he ran his other business. One of the lessons you get as an owner or president is the business of baseball is different than the business of whatever it is you did to get rich. And if you try to apply the exact principles into your baseball team, not just on the field, but off the field, that you applied to run your successful real estate business or hedge fund, not going to work. Ted Lerner learned the hard way. It took more years than he thought and eventually got himself a World Series in 2019. If you go back and look, Ted Lerner bought the Nationals in 2000 and I don't know, five or six. So Steve Cohn sits with the New York Post and here's what he wants you to know about Steve Cone. It's as though he was going on a dating show. When things get really bad, I'm not going to blow up, Steve Cohn said in this interview. I don't think that's the proper response. I don't think it solves anything other than it gives people a one day story, but it doesn't solve anything he's talking about the story of firing for whatever reason he has a view that when you fire your manager it's a one day story it's a change that you are making at the top because the voice is not right in the clubhouse or the performance of the players is not as you had been told it was and you choose your GM over your manager because the manager will tell you, you can't win the Kentucky Derby with a donkey. The GM will tell you, I gave studs to this manager, and it looks like they are crapping the bed. As the president and owner, you have to decide which is right, which is why presidents and owners have other people in their ear, because they don't know by looking at the team, is it the manager or the GM, but they speak to what people in development, they speak to people in scouting, they speak to people in landscaping, and they figure out, hey, is it the manager? Is it the general manager? Let's decide, and then make a change. Because while it's a one-day story that we made the change, it's the long-term implication of the change and choosing the right problem. That is how you turn around a team. Because of course, if it's not the GM's fault and you replace the GM, things are not gonna get better. If it's not the manager's fault and you replace the manager, things are not going to get better. If it's the player's fault, but you can't move them because they're being paid so much and you're not allowed to release them or trade them because the view is that someone said that these players are going to be good, then what? Then you got a problem. Steve Cohn wanted you to know in an on-the-record interview, this is Mr. Twitter. Join Twitter, tells you when things are good. He tweets how much fun it is. When the team has been losing, the guy disappeared, which was one of the things we told him not to do when you get on Twitter. Don't just be there for the wins. You gotta be there for the losses. Players notice. Fans notice when you only wanna be the good guy, when good things are happening. It's all lollipops p- and roses. No way that's the expression. It's all dandelions and fruitcake. What is the expression, Coca, that I'm thinking of when something's going well and you say, hey, it's all blank and blank? One of you will tell me because it's a definite expression. I want to say t- roses and something, but it's not. Sunshine and rain. No, yes. <laughs> I'm tired. It's all sunshine and rainbows. I got back to studio where I am now at about 2.30 yesterday morning. I'm sorry if I am slurring words, but there'd be no reason to. I was driving, I did not have one cocktail, but I was at the Tribeca Film Festival where Metalark, who houses nothing personal, they had a screening of four of their Sports Explains the World which is a series, a 45 audio podcasts that's, that are going to be released and 16 short documentary movies. And we watched four of the movies at a private screening at the Tribeca Film Festival, then had a party afterward. And as these movies get released, we'll talk about them, how to see them, how to review that. I'll review them. But Metal Arc, in addition to having the number one sports podcast, Dan Levitard, and nothing personal, and a soon-to-be show with Pablo Torre based out of a studio in New York to go along with their studio in Miami. They had this whole thing that, of course, I was going to go to, but I knew it was going to cause this, which is me not knowing that it's sunshine and rainbows. Okay, thank you, Coca. Sunshine and rainbows. I love that. When you've got blinders on or you live in a house with no windows, or for whatever reason you wear the glasses with, with that have the special pink uh, lenses, where you go outside and like, wow, it doesn't look bad out, it looks really bright. And then you take them off and you said, wait a minute, it's gonna thunderstorm. I better take my ear pods out or else my mother taught me I could get hit by lightning and go deaf. All of these things are happening in the Mets organization. Steve Cohen is coming out and telling you that we're good. Plenty of blame to go around from a performance standpoint. Blowing up doesn't solve anything. And then, and then he got into how he runs his hedge fund, hence our word of the day. He said, you know, I'm frustrated. There's some good years, there's some bad years, but I don't walk into the floor of the hedge fund and on a bad day or a bad trade and make changes. Really, Steve Cohn." That's exactly what you do. Someone in your firm, it does bad trades, bad investments. That doesn't impact their year-end bonus. That doesn't impact their employment with you. Surely you jest. Leslie, you wanna run this team like you run your hedge fund. Are you saying that three years of underperformance or you are investing in a company where you pour in enough where you are outspending all of your competitors. All five companies who do the same thing, invest the same amount. You come in with the sixth company, you invest more than any of the other five, yet your return on that investment, the sales in that store, the price of that stock, lags behind the other five, and you come in whistling Dixie out of your tuchus, hey, everything's great, No, that's not what you do. You give Lindor 30 plus million, you give Verlander 40 plus, you give Scherzer 40 plus. You know you've got to figure out if you're gonna pay Alonzo. You know that your payroll is 380, that your luxury tax is over $100 million, and you're trying to convince us through an interview with The Post that my name is Steve Cohn and I'm calm, baby. The rest of you can freak out, but I'm your leader, and I'll be frustrated with you, but I'm gonna make sure that we run this team the right way and we've got the people. Don't worry that our starters have the sixth worst DRM baseball. Don't worry that we can't pitch. We have no quality starts. We can't hit, and we're behind the Phillies and the Marlins. Don't worry. We've got the right people. We've got the right plan, and we're going to see it through. Like It's my hedge fund where I look at a business, and I say, wait a minute, that should have a way better return. I'm going to keep investing until we get there. I'm gonna take some good money and I'm gonna throw it after bad. Look at me, that makes me successful. And I don't have to get investigated. No more than four hours after the story broke, a source cited, maybe by Nightingale, I don't know who sourced it. The rumor is that David Stearns is coming to the Mets. David Stearns is the former president of baseball operations, the Milwaukee Brewers. He's the one from New York. He's the one who resigned saying, I'm very tired. Want some family time. A page out of the Theo book. Except he couldn't come to the Mets. Couldn't go anywhere. He was under contract with the Brew Crew and their owner, Mark Antonazio, looked at Steve Cohn and looked at anyone else and said, we're going to keep this guy on Lake Drive. Just for now until his contract is done. Hmm, sources are now claiming that as soon as his contract is done, he'll be joining the New York Mets. You can't talk to somebody who's under contract with another team, that's called tampering. I wonder who would wanna leak the fact that David Stearns is coming to run the baseball operations for the Mets. I know who it was, it was Billy Appler. The current GM would want to have it leaked that someone's replacing him. Give me a break. Uh, Let me see who else, let me see. Buck Showalter for sure, because it's really good for the clubhouse. He wants a new person coming in who's gonna look at the job he's doing and potentially can him. Definitely Buck Showalter wanna leak that. No, no, not him. Oh, wait a minute. What would be in it for Steve Cohn to leak that he's got David Stearns coming? After he's on the record saying, we're good, everyone be calm. And yet, after the article came out, everyone and all the Mets fans and all the media said, is he looking at the same thing I'm looking at? This guy's a bit cray-cray. Now, we love him because he spends money like a drunken sailor. But really? You don't realize that everything you're doing right now is not working? And you don't think Steve Cohn reads everything and has three people around him as fluffers telling him what's going on, some of it? and then all of a sudden a source hours later says that David Stearns is coming, give me a break. Of course it was leaked by Steve Cohn. because he wants Mets fans to say, ah, we're good. He's not ignoring us. He understands that this lack of performance must be addressed. This is great news. That's been what's going on with the Mets over the past few days. It's a hell of a plan from their top-notch PR people. Start with Epler, move on to Cohn, and then move on to the source. A, B, C, one, two, three. It's actually a better situation in New York than it is in Philly, if I am in the commissioner's office. The commissioner wants the Mets to not win, so Steve Cohn can learn his lesson that he should be act more responsibly, take his payroll down. I told you the Mets and Padres, the two teams not doing well, are the two teams when we did, I'm sure Coca could clip it, when we did the MLB preview show before the season, I either said it in my head or I said it into the mic with the red light on, that the two teams that 28 teams are rooting against are the Mets and Padres. If we were not a staff of two people, I would have a clip for you now with what I said and when I said it. And once you know the Padres and the Mets are st- on the struggle bus. So MLB is perfectly fine with that. The story that came out this weekend that caused many people in the commissioner's office to have to work on the weekend, Loverboy style, was that there's a pitch clock issue in Philadelphia. The Athletic reported, as they do, again, if you're not subscribing to The Athletic, you're missing not just Jason Stark and Ken Rosenthal, not just Evan Drellick and Matt Gell. You're missing story upon story, every story on every sport around the world. So they released a story, which I found to be impossible to believe until I read it, and then until I saw MLB's reaction to it. The story is, is the Phillies pitch clock is going faster than every other team's pitch clock. How can that be? Have you ever heard of the Homer clock? The Homer clock in the NBA when there's 0.4 seconds left and the home team is down by one and the clock doesn't start actually when it should start. And the point four seems like one point two, and they get a shot off. Forget the Trent Tucker rule, which means you have to, with point three or fewer left, it has to be a tip, not a catch and shoot. Did you know that the NBA dealt with the homer rule by putting the clock in the hands of the referees? That thing that referees wear, and you can watch it on tonight's game five, which could be the last game of the NBA season. You can watch the referees touch the back of their belt where they have what looks like an old school pager on, and that's the official clock. Do you know when NBA players, and I wish they would change this rule because it's so ugly and terrible to look at, when on the inbound they let the ball roll up the court and the poor referee has to run with one arm swaying in the wind and one arm holding the back of his belt because the clock hasn't restarted yet because the offense doesn't want to start the 24-second clock for as long as possible, and the defense is letting them do it, and the ball's rolling up the court. It's ugly basketball. It's boring basketball. But anyway, the refs are running the clock. That's the official clock. Baseball, up until last year, was the game without a clock. We don't need a clock guy. We don't need anything. We need a guy who can count. That's it. A guy who can run the scoreboard. That's it. When bats were breaking and hurting people, we had MLB people there collecting broken bats. Make sure they're legal. Then you've got people from MLB authenticating foul balls. They gotta do that. No clock guy, still. The official scorer, not a clock guy, he's the guy who's not paid by the home team or the visiting team. And he's the one who sits in the press box and says error and then gets a call from the infield coach. That wasn't an error, that's an earned run. Shut up. I'll decide what that is. But now with the rule change and the new pitch clock, you need a timekeeper. Somebody up there is actually pressing a button to start the pitch clock. And when the pitch clock gets to eight, if the batter isn't ready, it's a strike. If the pitch clock gets to zero and the pitcher has not thrown a pitch and can't call a timeout or can't disengage the rubber or whatever the case is, the umpire has the right to call a ball. This can impact a game. We've seen games end on a called strike. Told you that wouldn't happen during the regular season, but the pitch clock violations have been occurring. And the Philadelphia Phillies said to themselves, you know, I feel as though we're getting way too many pitch clock violations when we're at home. Aaron Nola, starter, said, yeah, it's very weird actually. I think the pitch clock's a little too fast here in Philadelphia. It seems to be that way when we get back home. One of their other pitchers said, it just seems a lot faster, you know? You just got the ball, you look up, there's only 10 seconds left. How could this be? Is it possible that the clock that they're using in Philadelphia is not actually one second per second, but it's nine-tenths of a second per second? 10% faster? than every other pitch clock, which over the course of a 20-second pitch clock would be, wait for it, a difference of two seconds. Maybe. Is it the fact that the guy starting the pitch clock is pressing it too early, doesn't know the rules, doesn't know when to start the clock? Is it possible that not one umpire has noticed that the pitch clock in Philadelphia is starting earlier than it should? there are four umpires on the field at all times. All four of those umpires are trained in the pitch clock because all four of them work the plate every four games or so. You've got time when you're the third base umpire or second base umpire to be paying attention, even the first base umpire, to be paying attention to the pitch clock and whether or not it is starting too early in Philadelphia. Or if you feel as though it's going too quickly, in which case any umpire could just have a stopwatch the way a bench coach does when they time catcher to, catcher to second base, runner to first base, all these things are being timed by coaches on the dugout. Are you telling me after 60 games of a season that no one's noticed this? Philadelphia contacted MLB a while ago and mentioned this. And it was not investigated, wasn't really thought of until now because Philadelphia complained again and players are coming out and complaining and that is a nightmare for Major League Baseball. To not have uniformity as to when you start the clock or the technology of what the actual clock is, how is that shown, how is that manifested? It has to be uniform or else there's an unfair advantage. Is it advantage to Philly when they're extra called third strikes on their opponent? Yeah, it is but Philadelphia viewed it as big enough problem, even though they were benefiting more that they wanted to alert Major League Baseball. The Phillies submitted these issues more than a month ago, told that it would be taken care of, don't know whether it happened. If you speak to the players, they would say, mystery not solved. MLB is gonna send its operations people into Philadelphia not by phone, they're gonna go to Philadelphia. They're going to measure the clock, they're going to test the clock. They're gonna make sure they meet with the umpires and the clock worker about how the clock works, when the clock should start. God forbid, Philadelphia actually makes a run and reappears in October, and anyone is talking about the clock. One of the reasons why it started when it started is that the hope is by October, by the September pennant run, actually, there's no more conversation. You want to be getting down to, as the minor leagues did, under one violation, if that, per game. You just don't want it to be a thing. In order to quash a story, you have to make sure that these ancillary issues don't exist. Because what they do is they bubble up the story that MLB doesn't want to talk about. Because now, here we are in June, talking about the pitch pitch clock. Not good. MLB way more concerned about pitch clock than hedge funds. All right, we come back. We are going to review a documentary about a podcast on the road. And we're gonna talk about that as it relates to nothing personal. And we're gonna talk about what happened in Toronto because it was outstanding and exactly as we told you it would. We'll be right back. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SAMSON. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SAMSON. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit CCPG. Org. please play responsibly on behalf of boot hill casino resort in kansas 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction Void in ontario bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance See slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources Welcome back to Nothing Personal. How y'all doing? It's a Monday morning. Do you get the Monday blues? I get the Sunday scaries. I do the week like this. So every day at 8.45 a.m. after the live show, we're live on Nothing Personal with David Sampson YouTube channel. Thank you for being here. Every day at 8.45, I count to 20 because every day after Monday, I'm 20% done with the week. After Wednesday, I'm 60% done with the week. And I prepare shows Sunday through Thursday and take friday and saturday off from actually doing rundowns though the monday show i'm thinking about all weekend so this show is always packed we have so many topics to get to we're not going to get to them all congratulations joker that's it that's what you got and i don't mean the denver nugget player smartless Sean Hayes, Will Arnett, Jason Bateman, very popular podcast, very popular. They took their show on the road and did a six part documentary on the formerly known HBO Max channel, it's on Max. You get behind the scenes look to three people, what it's like traveling on the road with three stars, sort of how they're taken care of, how they get ready for a show, great shows with guests, bad shows with bad guests tension between three stars. Does it exist? Does it not? How do you get three best friends to travel together? They stay in the same hotel room together, not the same bed, three-bedroom suite. It is a fun-filled ride. And the only thing I could think of is that Meadowlark has to bring Levitard on the road and nothing personal is getting big enough where we are going to do a tour one of these years. And it's gonna be fun to go live at different cities in front of audiences and record a show, talk to you all, do meet and greets. I love doing the meet and greets on the street or when I see people who know me, I'm always happy to talk. Always love reading your emails or reading your DMs or IGs or everything else. But Smartless, they are monetizing it. People are paying money to sit and watch them record a show. And the fascinating thing as the stars of the podcast, they said, well, this is a live show now. Are we just recording our show as it is? Do we interact with the audience? Even though on the podcast, the people listening, which is way more people than who attend, they're not going to Met Life. This isn't Springsteen or Taylor Swift. They're going to theaters where there's a couple thousand people. Amazing, by the way. I hope you're listening, Mark Stein. However, do you adapt? Like what I do is, so you wanna talk to Samson's segment by not looking at the rundown, but actually going to the audience and say, hey, who's got a question? Is that gonna be show worthy? Because then it would be in the show that would be released on the pod. You should watch this documentary, please. I really, really did enjoy it. Watching how it works, my wheels were spinning Inception style. All right. It's Pride Month. I don't know if you've read anything about that. I am uh, not thrilled. Let me just start. I'm not a huge fan of any of the months. Because I believe there's Black History Month, there's Pride Month, there's you know, cancer awareness month or whatever, just there's, there must be months every month. Everyone's got a month. I wonder what's February, it's the shortest month. Do they feel jilted that they only get 28 days and every four years, 29? Because the earth takes 365 and a quarter days to go around and you don't wanna add a quarter day a year, so you had one day every four years and you call it even, except for the people born on the 29th. February is black history month. Why is that? Thank you, Coca. Here's the problem I have with the months. We shouldn't need, it's sort of like Mother's Day. I get that Hallmark wants us to buy cards, but do we really need to be reminded to appreciate our mom? Or do our kids need to be reminded to appreciate their mom or their dad? Happy sibling day, and then you have to post with siblings or with happy national Sunday. Not like the day of the week, like, oh, you have a son. Show me all your sons. How about national I'm completely alone and I talk to my dog and pee in a bottle day? Is that a day? Well, that should probably be a year. So all these months are meant to bring attention, I guess. My view is that they should all get attention 365 and a quarter days. But here we are, middle of pride months. So this is when teams are doing their pride awareness putting up the rainbow flags. Everyone's cooperating, everyone wants to be inclusive. It's been an entire thing with hockey and with other sports. Who went, who did not want to wear the uniform? Who is religious? Who's not? Who wants to live and let live? Who wants to be tolerant? Who doesn't? Ugh. We told you the story of Anthony Bass, the pitcher for the Blue Jays, whose wife had to clean up her popcorn, became a viral sensation. That's the same Anthony Bass who said, you know, not a big fan of the whole pride night. He said a bunch of other things and then he had to apologize. And then he was gonna rehabilitate. And I told you this last week, he was gonna catch the first pitch on pride night at the ballpark. Boy, that'll change a guy's view because players love catching a first pitch to begin with. I'm sure he loves the excitement of doing that. Every time you want someone to catch a first pitch, every play, every player does this. So what you do is, if you're not watching this on YouTube, you don't know what I'm doing. I'm putting my finger on my nose, which is what you do when you don't wanna do something. And you, all the players do it. So you either have a young player catch a first pitch, or if a star does it, it better be a star first pitch thrower. So Anthony Bass gets announced. He's gonna catch the pride first pitch. He then meets the media, And he doubles down on the fact that he disagrees with all of the pride stuff. But everyone is welcome at the ballpark. But no, I don't disagree with what I posted. I told you the minute Anthony Bass had the problem and made the Instagram post that he was going to be designated by the Blue Jays because it's just not worth it. You can go back to whatever show it was. I told you it was coming. And the Blue Jays managed to bungle it because Bass did something unthinkable. They were willing to let it go. They were willing to convince all of you that him agreeing to catch a first pitch meant he's GTG, ready to go, a changed man, Mr. Tolerant. And then he doubled down that sweet bastard. He got up in front of a bunch of microphones, doubled down in his position. The Blue Jays got together and said, Christ, we got to release him. But wait, we can't say it's because he's anti-gay. Can't do that. We got to allow for everyone to have their beliefs. We have to say it's baseball related. Get out there, Ross, GM of the Blue Jays. Quote, performance was a large part of this decision. <laughs> In May, he. Appeared in 11 games, threw 10 innings, had a 1.8 ERA. His last appearance was June 5th. He gave up three hits in an inning and two runs. That's like a normal bullpen day for half the bullpens. Half the bullpen pitchers. But the GM said performance was a large part of this decision. Distraction was a small part, but it factored in. GMAB. Give me a break, Blue Jays. Are you worried about the grievance? I agree. You should be worried about the grievance if you're going to say, hey, we just can't have a player here who's going to be that racist or that homophobic. No, you got to have some baseball thing. You got to wait for a bad outing. One bad outing gives up three hits. See you later. But they didn't even designate him right after the bad outing. They did it specifically the day he was going to catch the first pitch on Pride Night and the day that he doubled down on his view of the speech and of the post and then wants us to believe that it was performance-based. I always would say to the commissioner when we talk about the PR issues that our league would have, the problem is that we treat our fans as though they're idiots. And we treat the media as though they're Moronic. Why? Many of us are. That's sort of the standard deviation of intelligence. Most people fit within one standard deviation. There's some outliers. There are some people who are moronic in my mind, and there's some people who are absolute geniuses. But not giving the benefit of the doubt to your fan base, to your customers, it's always a bad plan the bad plan is when people feel disrespected or feel like they're being fooled they're being lied to it's going to impact their willingness to engage with you as a business or to spend their money with you don't patronize me while you're asking me for money or asking me for emotional investment don't patronize me nothing personal spends 30.9% of shows telling you about times that you are being patronized and you don't even know it. This is another one of those times. Anthony Bass was not designated by the Blue Jays because of performance. At all. Nothing. Personal pick of the day. We are 91 and 91 after a weekend which saw us lose both Friday picks and win both Saturday picks. Just to remind you, we had the Mariners beating Otani and the Angels on Friday. I would like to talk to you about what happened in that game. Otani had three hits and a homer. Otani has 18 home runs. Otani is the starting pitcher. I don't know how to mention Otani more than by just saying Otani, Otani, Otani. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. How about if I say it this way? 60, 60, 60. Not the devil, I'm talking about millions per year. This guy's unreal, but the Mariners didn't win. We then had the Heat plus three and a half versus the Nuggets. The Nuggets in game four came into Miami where Miami had a chance to tie the series. Everyone was super excited, make this a long series. It's a three out of five series. Guess what, didn't happen. The Nuggets outplayed them without Murray getting a 30-point triple-double, without Jokic getting a 30-point triple-double. Now they had to contend with Aaron Gordon. And the Nuggets just ran the heat out of town. So that was a loss. We recovered on Saturday, and we're going to talk about tonight's game. Don't worry. We recovered on Saturday with Nate Evaldi. Why were the Rangers plus 105 over the Rays? Just because the Rays had the best record in baseball? Well, the Rangers beat the Rays. We got that. And then did you watch the Stanley Cup Saturday night? Florida had, South Florida had four straight finals games. An unprecedented week. It was Heat, Panthers, Heat, Panthers. Four home games in a row. Miami, Sunrise, Miami, Sunrise. The home teams went one and three in those games. Wait, that's not right. Now I'm blanking. It's 3 one Golden Knights after the Golden Knights beat the Panthers but the Panthers won their first game wait the Nuggets won both in Miami I believe so yes one and three is exactly what they did not exactly the greatest week in South Florida sports history though it's really cool to have four home games in a row and be in the Stanley Cup in the NBA Finals one and three not optimal The Panthers losing to the Golden Knights, which is what we told you would happen, means they are down 3-1. The Heat are down 3-1. And the possibility of the Heat and Panthers losing is now a probability. For all of the people watching who are fans of the Heat and Panthers, I ask you that it's not gonna happen today, but within 30 days of this series loss by either team, I hope that you are able to look back and realize that the run that your team had as an eight seed, the moments it gave you, the memories, the entertainment, the belief, the hope, the dreams, there's nothing like it. It's why sports is so amazing and why so many people love it. So don't lose the forest for the trees. And the forest is that the Panthers and Heat have had an unreal successful run in their respective playoffs and they have both run into better teams. The difference is when they've run into better teams leading up to the finals, they were able to be better. The Nuggets and the Golden Knights are too good. They can't get caught. They're not gonna take their feet off the gas. Tonight, there's an opportunity for the Denver Nuggets to win their first championship in franchise history. Their first, they've never won. No championship ever in Denver. It's incredible. It will make Stan Kroenke amongst, if not, the best owner in sports. The run that he is on with the Avalanche and the Rams and the Nuggets. Just incredible. But the line is Nuggets minus nine. And we're taking the Heat plus nine. My guess is the Nuggets win the game. But it's going to be a closer game. Because... Eric Sposter and Pat Riley, I would take them over anybody in the game, any front office, any coaching staff. And there's something about the discipline the Heat have and the desire, the effort, the strength, the discipline. We're going to go with the Heat plus nine. That said, I predicted the Nuggets would win the series in five. We'll see how that prediction goes tomorrow. All right, Coca, let's end the show with uh, playing me some music, please. You know what I want? (laughs) I want to talk to Samson. So you want to talk to Samson, get into my Twitter at David P. Samson or Instagram, or just find me in the subways in New York or on the streets or anywhere you can. Feel free to ask a question. It's always better to start it with, hey, David, hey, good to meet you. How are you? This question started with David. Did Billy the Marlin ever get hurt? Do you remember the wrestlers? Do you think Bernie will sue Conor McGregor? What a great question. Let me catch you up for those of you not paying attention. The Miami Heat, while losing one of the two home games they lost, had Conor McGregor courtside because there's celebrities in Miami, a lot of celebrities. Conor McGregor, we're showing you the video, actually punches the mascot because he's promoting some sort of bug spray or some sort of spray. And he punches him so hard and then sprays him to show that he's gonna be okay. Here's the problem. He actually punched him. And guess where? The mascot went just in case you didn't know mascots are not real every time you see one in times square or in disney world it's just a guy not making a lot of money when i first got to florida we actually fired billy the marlin this is a true story we fired Billy the marlin because he was making so much money that we wanted to put someone in the costume at half the salary and so we did so people of course said you fired billy the marlin you bastard you came from montreal now you're gonna ruin miami you're never gonna win a world series you stink man well we got through it i bet john's happy so there's a man or a woman not a child who gets paid some mascots are independent contractors some mascots are full-time team employees some mascots have the ability to make money outside of the stadium where they make appearances, where they go be a part of mascot birthdays, they go to corporate events, they go to birthday parties, they dress up. Basically, they carry their costume in their car, they show up, put it on. It's sort of like that movie, Coca, come on. Bobcat, Goldthwait. um, Bozo the Clown, Is that a movie, Bozo the Killer Clown, or Sean William Scott, the one where he shoots Will Ferrell the dart in the neck because he's at a birthday party? God dang it, darn it, I'm tired. Anyway, there's no way you have this, Coca. Shakes the Clown, that's it. Thank you. Did you know that? I'd have to look that up. You had that in your head? Have you seen it? Oh, you had a GTS? Love it. Google that shit. That was a quick Google. All right, where were we? Ah, so it's a person inside the costume. The person's looking through the mouth, sometimes through the neck, but there's some netting. That's eye level. They're not looking through the eyes of the mascot. The bit and the court of the Kasaya Center in Miami was supposed to be that Bernie gets hit, but not in the head. He went to the hospital complaining of concussion symptoms, gets released, and it became a huge story. Let me tell you where this ends. Do I think Bernie will sue Conor McGregor? You're damn right I do. It won't be the heat. It will be the individual, as an individual, was going to try to get a settlement from Conor McGregor because McGregor was out of his freaking mind. Cold cocking the mascot so he could spray him with that thing that he was promoting is ridiculous. It's wrestling. It's supposed to be fake. But instead, he was whacking him. The Miami Heat do not want to get involved in this. That said, they've got to back up Bernie. If I am Bernie and I retain a lawyer, I am working with the Miami Heat, trying to get the settlement from Conor McGregor. McGregor will respond by saying, I didn't even touch him. Nothing could have happened. He went and released, I hit him, look at the video, I hit him in a place that his head wasn't. None of it'll matter whether the Heat were involved, whether it was the Heat's idea, whether it was a sponsored segment, whether McGregor did something wrong or not, this ends with a check. Money will be given to Bernie because the Heat don't wanna deal with it, Connor McGregor doesn't wanna deal with it, but Bernie's lawyer certainly does. Because when it comes to mistakes like that on the field of play, involving employees or security guards or mascots when opportunity knocks business answers because it's just business see you tomorrow this is nothing personal